Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Uh, we want to welcome all of you guys to our show today. You can find me on Twitter every day as well. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Also check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. We stream the show live every day, every weekday that we're on, uh, not on the weekends. But we're very easy to find. If you search Picks and Parlays, very easy to find on any of those social media platforms. We're usually the first thing that pops up uh, because that's how I find it. It's the easiest way. Uh, and plus, we know you're on social media anyway, so you might as well take a quick gander. And plus, we have our early bird NFL season passes up for 25% off right now. If you want to jump on that deal before the month ends, we've got some great deals on the website, picksandparlays.net. We have got a great show for you guys. NFL preseason football is in full swing right now, and we're talking some of Thursday's games. We're talking the Giants, Bengals, Packers, Raiders, and how to bet some of those games. Obviously, as the preseason progresses, you can bet things uh, a little differently, and you have to take some factors into consideration. More of the starters are playing. We'll talk about that today. Also, college football, week one. We've got some good games uh, on tap for you guys to talk about. FAU, Ohio State, the fighting Lane Kiffins of FAU, uh, going against the Big Ten champs, Ohio State. I think the, the question in this one is not who's going to win, uh, but if Ohio State can really cover that big point spread. Also talking Miami of Ohio and Iowa. Iowa's been a team uh, in, the Big Ten, in the Big Ten, excuse me, has been pretty good as of late, 9-4 and four last season. Uh, Miami of Ohio, 6-6. Six and six. And, of course, as always, we're talking baseball. We've got our daily MLB picks. If you want to cash your tickets tonight, if you want that daily money, we're talking all of that on today's show. It's going to be a good one. Stick around. We're back after the break talking NFL preseason football and how you should change your bets according to week three. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. We've got Craig Trapp joining us now to talk a little NFL preseason football. We've had a little taste, but now things are in full swing. We are entering 
week three, and we're going to start off with the Giants and the Bengals. Craig, let's talk about this game. Uh, something I noticed for the Giants so far, they've scored 63 points through two games. Uh, so let's talk about, number one, the line and the total for this game against the Bengals. Well, obviously, the Bengals are not very good, um, and neither are the Giants. Let's just Great analysis there. Just because, don't, just, don't get this, it, it, it twisted just because these teams are winning in the preseason that they're all of a sudden good. I mean, they're playing against nobodies, and um, a lot of times they're trying to, to look a little better with, obviously, Daniel Jones and uh, uh, Ryan right. Finley for the Bengals. But uh, as far as the line is concerned, this line opened as the Bengals as three-point favorite with the line at 40, uh, the total at 42. Uh, most of these lines are still exactly the same here, but we still have, uh, you know, two two more days before we, we get into that. So I'm sure we'll see some live minutes, especially on the total as we hear more about who's going to play and how much as far as the starters. So the Bengals are favorites here. Yes. Do you think that's because they're playing at home, or why do you think that is? Because as you mentioned, they are not very good. <laughs> I think it's just sometimes it's perception. I, obviously, the home team usually gets three points, so you could basically call this a coin flip if they're playing on a neutral field. But I think a lot of it is because people think, I think the Bengals, obviously ticket sales here in Cincinnati um, aren't what, what the owners would want and will want to, you know, put up a good showing. And I think they'll do that. I just don't think in the second half, once they have to go to the backups, I think that's going to be an issue for Cincinnati. So you like the Giants in this one, or do you like the total? I like the Giants a little bit more, and the reason why is I think, you know, I, I like Andy Dalton and Finley as the first two, which I guess it's it's still up in the air here in Cincinnati if Finley or Driscoll gets gets the second-team snaps because they've switched the last two weeks, which guy has got the second-team snaps versus the third-team snaps. Right. Uh, but either way, I think there's – I just think Driscoll's a slightly behind. I think you're going to see a lot more of Daniel Jones this week again, and he has looked very impressive, even though the story of, with Baker Mayfield coming out has bashed him. Baker Mayfield, I think, needs to maybe keep quiet until he wins some more ball games. I think he's been hanging out with Odell Beckham Jr. a little too much. But OBJ, you know what? He has the pedigree and he has the accolades to kind of back up that trash talk. Baker Mayfield might need to be quiet a little bit. But anyways, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Ryan Finley's been really good for the Bengals. Uh, 20 of 26, 150 yards, two touchdowns last game. So if he plays, I mean, that's a good source of offense for them and conversely for the Giants you know what the story has been that they don't have any receivers healthy but their receivers I mean they've put up some good yards in the preseason I know it's still the preseason but through two games 624 yards in the air obviously that's coming from your quarterbacks but they've got to throw to somebody uh, so what do you see uh, from the Giants putting up points this game well, I think what happens, you see these receivers, and, and you even see with the Bengals, with, uh, of course, A.J. Green down and out for the preseason and at least and the John first three And John Ross, games, I don't think, is playing more. either. No. So, I mean, you, when you see this, and Eifert um, looks like he'll be out. Uh, so when you have that, and a lot of these stars don't play, you spread the ball around a lot more. And you got to remember, most of these guys that are second and third team quarterbacks are throwing to the second and third uh, string receivers at their position. So he might be the second or third string, say, uh, slot receiver. So a lot of these guys have a lot of uh, experience with them in practice. And I think that's why you see the ball being spread around a lot more in the preseason than obviously you do in the regular season. Right. Uh, I know Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, said uh, all healthy players will be ready for Thursday's game. 
uh, and that includes defensive lineman uh, Carl Lawson, who was great at Auburn. I remember covering him. Uh, and Geno Adkins, who didn't play. Those guys didn't play for the first two games. Obviously, we take what a coach says with a grain of salt. Uh, but do you see a lot of the starters uh, playing for the Bengals, and do you think that's a factor? Because I know sometimes it's easy to bet on these games based on the starters, but if they're playing one series, does it really matter that much? Well, that's the key. In the preseason, you have to figure out who's going to play more than, I always say more than a quarter, because uh, when you start talking about Eli Manning and Andy Dalton, I don't see them playing more than, say, uh, maybe three possessions, and that just really depends on how long those possessions are and how well they move the ball. I thought Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, both they let them both the touchdowns last game. I think they're going to just be a little stronger. So that's why it led me to the Giants here. I think the Giants, you know, they're out there trying to make uh, make it look good that they didn't trade Odell Beckham and, and are going to be terrible this year. So uh, they're already 2-0 in the preseason. I could see them going 4-0 in the preseason and then finishing like 3-13 and in the regular season. Are there any thoughts you have on the total? Is that something you're staying away from? Is that something you like, or are you just tanking the Giants? I think there would be a little value on the over here, just because we've seen the Giants score pretty easily. I mean, 32 right. and 31 points uh, against, you know, the Bears and the Jets don't have terrible defenses, have a lot of depth on defense. So I think there's a little value here on the over. Uh, the Bengals, of course, defense gave up a ton of points in the opening game at Kansas City, 38 points. And then last week, don't get confused, they played Washington. So they allowed 13, but Washington was pitiful. All right, so that is Craig's pick for the Giants-Bengals game. He's taking the Giants, and if you want a little bonus, you could possibly take the over. Uh, in between games, let's talk about our early, per early bird uh, NFL season passes. They are on sale for 25% off. If you go to our website, picksandparlays.net, you can get that great little deal. Uh, Craig, also, I think some of our handicappers have been especially hot. Yeah, we've had a couple really, really hot right now. And, uh, of course, you can check those out. If you go underneath the premium picks drop-down, you click on leaderboards, and you can find out everybody's record, not just this preseason, but in preseasons past. And uh, right now, I believe it's uh, leading the way is Jesse Shuley at 4-0, uh, Brian Powers and Chase Dime with 8-4. So check out all their plays. Of course, 25% off, not just the NFL passes, but also college football or all football passes right now at picksandparleys.net. All right, so let's move on to the Packers and the Raiders. They are playing this game in Winnipeg this Thursday, uh, so that might be a factor. I know some people were talking about the playing surface in, Winni in Winnipeg uh, because right now it's in season for two teams playing there, and it's artificial turf. So we'll see if Aaron Rodgers plays uh, and also some of the starters for the Raiders. How do you see this one lining up? What's the total? What's the line? How do you look at this one? Well, I think that this is you're interesting and it's really interesting as because when you, you can't predict what the surface is going to be on game day. And we've seen this happen at, at the Hall of Fame game a few years back when they actually canceled it, one of the Hall of Fame games because the surface was so poor. Hopefully that won't be a, a deciding factor, but the odds makers set this line at three for the Green Bay Packers as favored um, and thirty nine and a half. Uh, it's pretty solid on, on the line, but I do see the unders actually came down a full point in some spots uh, all the way down to uh, 38 and a half um, and even some crazy at 40 and a half. So they're kind of all over the place on the total. If you have an opinion there, uh, you might want to jump in on that. But I think this one's going to be a lot of who plays because you have a lot of rumors out there that both of the starting quarterbacks might not play in this one. 
Right, and we mentioned that playing surface. And also the Raiders just lost their right guard, Gabe Johnson. He tore his uh, MCL, so he's going to be out for a little bit. So when you have one guy injured, I feel like it's front and center in your mind uh, that yep. that can happen in the preseason, and especially Antonio Brown, obviously. Uh, that's a huge question for them. Uh, I know he's just filed another grievance against the NFL, hoping to wear his helmet. Uh, but something I'd like to mention is John Gruden, 35-17 and 17 in the preseason uh, all-time and 5-1 and one in his last uh, six. So coaching personality, yeah. do you think that's a factor? Absolutely. The reason why I like the Raiders in this one, he's 5-1 and one since coming to Oakland in the preseason, and I think it continues this week. We're getting three points here. Both Mike Glennon and Nathan Peterman have been very good, um, <laughs> and that's why I think you're going to see most of the players there. So I like the Raiders in this one. I just got to bet against Deshaun Kaiser and the Packers. Yeah, Nathan Peterman and Mike Glennon, two names that you probably wouldn't think would be putting up big numbers. Uh, Nathan Peterman didn't have a single incomplete pass in the second half uh, in his last game. So Raiders looking good in the preseason so far. Uh, so you're taking the Raiders? Yes, Raiders plus three, and uh, we're going to take the Giants plus three as well. All right, those are NFL preseason picks. We're back after the break talking college football. Stick with us. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. And if you want to follow the show uh, online, if you want to see our faces behind the voices, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube streaming live every weekday. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. All right, let's get to some baseball. We've got our daily picks, and we've got Chip Cherimbus joining us to talk a little baseball. Hello, Chip. Hey, Chelsea. The season just keeps rolling along each and every day. Well, it's 162 games, so it is definitely a long season. We've still got a lot of baseball left and a lot of interesting races going on uh, right now when it comes to the wild card division races. Let's start with the Indians and the Mets. It's Shane Bieber going against Steven Matz, I believe, of the Mets. Who do you like in this one? Well, we got the Beebs again. Seems like we always end up having him um, out there, which is fine with us because he's one of the better pitchers in baseball. And, you know, you mentioned how long the baseball season is. You know, three months ago, the Pittsburgh Pirates were um, known as one of the hottest teams, and now they've come out of the All-Star They're not break. in it anymore. No, they go 5-27, <laughs> and 27, I think it is, something along those lines. And Cleveland has had the best record in baseball since June 4th. Well, so and the their Indian offense has heated up, too, because yeah. I think the, the knock on the Indians has been, yeah, their pitching's good, their starting pitching's good, their bullpen's really good, but their offense can't put up the runs that, say, like the Yankees or one of those teams can put up, but their offense has actually been pretty good lately. Yes, and part of that is getting healthy. It's a number of players, and Lindor and a few others, were missing early in the year, and their their offense suffered. But Bieber's 12-5 and with a 3.27 ERA, not bad at all. And, you know, Cleveland has just been a juggernaut on the road. They're traveling in to play the Red Hot Mets, or the formerly Red Hot Mets, they're 16-5 and in their last 21 on the road are the Indians, and they're 7-1 and in their last interleague games. 
You know, um, Chelsea, I've been really harping on the Mets who've won 10 of the last 11 at home that I think that their weak link is Steve Matz. As a matter of fact, I've been calling him uh, Steve Mutz. But he's 7-7 seven and seven with <laughs> sure a 4.33. You know what? I got away with one last week. He gave up only one run, and they yanked him after six innings, and, and the bullpen faltered, so we ended up beating him. But the Mets, with Matz on the mound, after a quality start, are 1-5 in his next timeout. They're 5-12 and 12 at home against teams with winning records. I think here that the Indians come in and they are the side, woeful of the fact that the Mets have won seven of the last ten meetings, but I think Cleveland's got a little too much here, and I think the Mets spurt Chelsea has ended for the most part. I don't expect them to play much better than 500 ball the rest of the way up. Oh, I'm sure they are not happy <laughs> to hear that because the Mets were hot for a while, uh, and it was starting to feel a little magical at City Field, but you like the Indians in this one. What's the line on that? Uh, they're up to a dollar forty-three in places, and um, the action's been relatively split on the contest. Um, you're going to get a lot of Cleveland action with Bieber on the mound, and the fact mm-hmm. that they've been playing so well. The Mets at home have won, like I said, ten of eleven at home, so um, they'll give they'll get some action there too. But I think Cleveland is the side here. All right, so let's move on to the Brewers and the Cardinals. It is Gio Gonzalez, I believe. Uh, going against Michael Walker of the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been a hot team as of late. They, of course, are contending for the NL Central with the Cubs and the Brewers. So this is a big matchup when it comes to that division. You know, um, getting back to the long season, these two teams had mixed reviews at the beginning of the year. I think the Brewers opened the year at 13-2, and two, and Yelich was going crazy, and they thought they were a shoe-in for the division. Right now they trail the Cubs. And on the other side, you have St. Louis, who was always struggling, but is always fundamentally sound. And they've really put it together the last month, month and a half. But one of their weak links this year, Chelsea, has been Michael Waka. He's only 6-6, six and six, but his ERA is 5.44. And he just hasn't delivered the big game um, that the Cardinals have needed. In 94 innings, he's given up 122 hits, and that's pretty outrageous. Actually, it's 110 hits. I misspoke. But... The Cardinals at home in the last 32 contests have gone under the total 25 times. 25 and 7 is a pretty tough number to beat when you don't have to lay odds. It is just laying a price for the number, usually close to being pick 25 and 7 to the under in their last 32 games. And St. Louis has really put it together of late, but Gio Gonzalez is making a rare start. He's been on the DL most of the year, 2-1 and one on the year for the Brewers. You know, the Brewers have responded well when Gio pitched. Last year, he did really well with them. This year, they didn't sign him in the preseason. They signed him in the spring training, that is. They signed him a little later in the year. But they are 5-1 and one in his last six starts and 7-1 and one in his last seven, eight starts against winning clubs. I think Milwaukee might be the side here against the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been playing well. Milwaukee needs Gio to come up with a big performance against the Redbirds. Yeah, you know what? I was worried about the Brewers' pitching staff after giving up 30 runs to the Nationals. But, you know, last night I believe they only gave up three runs to the Cardinals. Uh, So that's a a nice bounce-back performance when it comes to the Brewers' staff, rotation, bullpen. So, you know what? Maybe they've overcome that bump in the road and they finally overcome uh, just using a lot of arms because when you give up 30 runs to any team, you're going through a lot of pitchers. Uh, so you like the Brewers in this one? Yeah, I do. And, you know, Chelsea, last year the Brewers made their run on their defense and also on their relief pitching. Right. And their relief pitching hasn't been the same this season. Hader, who, who was unhittable last year, has an ERA of over three. And that's absurdly high 
for a closer or for a relief pitcher. Uh, usually they get to leave men on base or come with men and don't complete Right, or innings. inherited runs. Right. So he's exactly. cashing in other exactly. people's runs. So he <laughs> has struggled, and that has hurt the Brewers, but they need him tonight in this contest against the Cardinals. You mentioned something about the under. Do you like the under in this one? Well, I'm not a totals player for the most part, but the numbers here at St. Louis at home, they've gone 25-7 and seven to the under. The park is kind of spacious, and they can get their arms in rotation in order. It may be the play. Waka's 5.44 ERA doesn't help that bet at all. All right, so let's move on to the Yankees and the A's, a big American League matchup. The A's are trying to get that wild card spot. The Yankees are cruising when it comes to the AL East. The Red Sox are nowhere to be found. Uh, who do you like in this one? It's Homer Bailey going against Domingo Herman. Uh, he's had the better record, obviously, 16-2 and with a 3.96 ERA, but before the break, we were talking. He plays for the Yankees, so obviously he's going to get a few more wins than somebody who plays for the Orioles. When you said that, I, originally I thought you meant boo the Yankees, but what no. you meant was that the Yankees are scoring seven runs a game, and Jermon's been the, gotten the best of it all at 16-2, and two, And even though he has had some really outstanding outings. You know, the Oakland A's need this game much more than the Yankees do, and the Yankees come in here a solid favorite, $1.35, $1.40. And they played so well on the road, just about everywhere as well, but they're 6-2 and two in their last eight, and they score runs no matter where they are, Chelsea. And, you know, runs are hard to come by in Oakland in that ballpark. And they've gone 23-7 and seven to the over in their last 30 overall, and they've gone 9-2 and two to the over on the road. So the Yankees put up runs and are, are willing to score on the road or at home. Homer Bailey has a 5.22 ERA at 10 and 6. You know, kind of a disappointing career for Bailey at this time, Chelsea. I think they expected <laughs> a little bit more out of him. Um, comes He's in been big. very hot and cold. Yeah, he'll he either be really good or he'll be terrible. We've seen uh, his last start was seven shutout uh, against the Giants, but then the one before that, four and two-thirds, seven runs against the Cubs. And then before that, six innings, two runs. So it just seems like he's either feast yeah. or famine. You don't really know which Homer Bailey you're going to get on a daily basis. But this A's team has been really good lately. They just took three of four uh, from the Astros, yeah. one of the best teams in baseball. And they took three of four uh, from them, including a win when Justin Verlander was on the mound. So they're, they're beating teams with their frontline starters. So this is an A's team you can't underestimate. Well, they can play with just about anyone, Chelsea, particularly at home. And in the last 107 games, they've won 72 as hosts. This year, 35 and 17. And those are hard numbers to overcome. That's virtually 2-1. to one. And believe me, they're not 2-1 to one favorites in most of these games. Tonight, they're an underdog. The problem and reason is that Homer Bailey, that's not a misnamer. He gives up <laughs> homers. Every time out there, they seem to be bombing away. And he's been one of the great batting practice pitchers of all time. But in today's day and age in Major League Baseball, a pitcher like Homer Bailey can win 10 games with a 5.22 ERA, particularly if he's pitching at home. I think the A's have a shot here at home. I, I really don't like playing against the Yankees. Maybe the total's the way to go, Chelsea. But um, I think here I, I would lean toward the A's because of their home record overall and because of the importance and significance of this game to Oakland as compared to how much it means to the Yankees. Well, and it's not at Yankee Stadium, which is a plus for Homer Bailey. If he's giving up all these home runs, uh, the A's stadium is a little more pitcher-friendly. And plus, the A's lineup has been really hot. Uh, Chapman's been hitting home runs left and right. They've had a lot of home runs uh, from a lot of people. Corbin Joseph, who was called up from AAA, uh, Las Vegas hitting home runs there too. So it just seems like their lineup is peaking at the right time. 
And let me let me close with this, Chelsea. The, um, the Yankees have lost six of their last seven at Oakland. It's not a place where people like to come and play. So um, that's the reason I give the lean to the A's tonight. All right. Do you know the the line on that game? Yeah, the Yankees are a dollar forty, dollar thirty five in around there. It'll fluctuate depending on what house you're able to make the wager at. All right. Those are our baseball picks. We're taking the A's over the Yankees, the Brewers over the Cardinals, and the Indians. Over at the Mets, we've got a little bit of time left. I know we all like to talk football. NFL preseason picks, Redskins-Falcons. Chip, what do you got on that well, game? You know, it was an interesting <laughs> game. I was speaking earlier about it and talking to Sean, who's going to be up, about the um, the idea that uh, I think Atlanta has lost like 10 or 11 straight preseason games. Right. Dan Quinn doesn't and seem to care a whole lot about the preseason. Yeah, a squad about that. That's for darn sure. And, um, you know, here's a team that lost to the Jets and lost to Miami. Um, Their two outings. And um, three outings, actually, because they lost to Denver on the Hall of Fame game. Meanwhile, Washington. Now, how does a team like Washington, Chelsea, this is why I question what's going on here. I don't think the bookmakers make these kind of mistakes. Washington was up, or is now a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. That's been a money move. They say Atlanta, of course, was um, opened up the favorite here. But the Sharps and the Wise Guys have moved Washington the favorite. And you say, how could that be, Chelsea? They're 0-2, <laughs> and look at who they played. They lost to Cleveland. 30, 15 seconds. 30-10. They gave up 146 yards and 123 minus on both games, and now they're favored. It doesn't make sense to me, Chelsea. I'll play the Washington Redskins. All right, we're back after the break with more preseason football. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Also, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We stream the show live. If you want to see our faces and you're not watching that way already, if you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. Right now, let's get to some college football. Opening weekend is coming closer and closer. We've got Sean Higgs joining us to talk a little college football. Hello, Sean. Hello, Chelsea. How are you today? <laughs> Doing good. All right, so let's start off with FAU uh, at Ohio State. FAU was 5-7 and seven last season. Ohio State, the returning Big Ten champs, 13-1, and one, uh, and a contender when it comes to the postseason. How do you see this one lining up? Obviously, I'm not really wanting to predict an upset here, so I think more of the question is, can Ohio State cover? What's the line and what's the total? Well, we're looking at 24 for the line and 62 at the total. And I got to say, like last year, Lane Kiffin, 11-3 his first year, I had him. I had him again, 20 points against Oklahoma, and they get rolled out 63-14. And that's a 5-7 and seven season for him. Not very good. Not very good considering the year before that. But in this spot, I, you know, like you said, I'm not calling an upset. Ohio State should win. Okay, no Urban Meyer, I get it. Day was 3-0 and coming in for his, when he was suspended last year, not coaching. But you got a uh, young offensive line, new quarterback. I think they're going to rely a lot on the running back, uh, Robbins, or the, uh, JR, JK, out of the backfield, you know, Heisman hopeful there. Yeah. So I think 24 is a lot. Uh, Robinson looks like he's got the inside track here from all I've read up on it to get the – to get the starting night. He was a starter last year as a freshman. Again, Oklahoma recruit, so you know the guy can play a little ball. 
24, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the dog. I do like the dog here. I think getting rolled out last year by Oklahoma, they got a little pride. I think Lane doesn't want to get trucked again by a, a big power five school. So I think they hang close here. And 24 is a lot. Again, I think Ohio State's going to come out a little slow. Young line, the defense was bad last year. So we could hang close. 24 is, I'm taking a 24. I'm not that high on Ohio State last, this year. I know every, you're going to win 10, 11 games. That's great. But winning by 30 out of the gate, I don't know. Not with a new new coach, new quarterback, new lineman, and you got a, a school that's kind of hungry this year, I think. I, I definitely agree with you. I'm not nearly as high on Ohio State this year just because the new head coach and the new quarterback, Justin Fields, is not Dwayne Haskins uh, that we know yeah. of yet, at least. Uh, Dwayne Haskins accounted for 50 touchdowns while at Ohio State, so that's big shoes to fill in Justin Fields. Uh, he couldn't even win the starting job at Georgia. So, I mean, he can't be that great, I suppose. Maybe he is. Maybe he's a diamond in the rough. But Florida Atlantic, even though their record isn't especially good, they have had two top 50 offenses in the past two years. So, Lane Kiffin knows what he's doing when it comes to, to the offense. But as you mentioned, their defense, not great. They gave up 25 points in all but two games last season. Uh, so they do give up a lot of points. The only issue there, uh, I think the, def or, uh, the, the run game is going to be the key for Ohio State. They're going to run the ball a lot with J.K. Dobbins yep. returning. Can you run up the score when you rely on the run game? That's the question I have because when we saw Alabama putting up those big numbers on teams last season, it's because they threw the ball and they scored points really quickly. Do you think that Ohio State can run up the score when they're relying more on a run game? Well, listen, we've seen Clemson kind of run up scores running the ball, so it's definitely possible. It, it, the, what are we getting out of Florida Atlantic? If this game gets out of hand early, we saw them mail it in against Oklahoma. Why won't they mail it in again here? We could see something similar. But I, I just don't see that. I think, you know, the defense is going to be improved a little bit. They actually got a recruit who was played for Alabama. He left and went to a junior college. He comes back. This guy was like a top four, uh, five total recruit in the class, uh, Emmons, back in the day. So, they're replacing a their top two rushers actually from last year. So they, there are problems with this offense. You know, they, they got to kind of get back into flow, but I'm, I'm high on this quarterback. I think he's going to have a good year. And again, there's just, is the Ohio state defense going to improve that much? Cause they were flat out bad at times last year. So they let teams right. kind of hang around and, you know, and Kiffin's crazy. Who knows what this guy's going to do? I could see an onside <laughs> kick to start the game. You know, I mean, who knows? You don't know what you're getting. He's a wild card. Well, I mean, I'm he's known for being an offensive here. guy, uh, yeah. correct? So, I mean, his offense could be pretty good. The The issue is, is he going to give up a lot of points? Because they did give up a lot of points uh, last season. Obviously, it's different year to year in college. You have new players. But as you mentioned, it, it makes me really cautious because they gave up 63 points to Oklahoma in week one last season. Yeah. And listen, Oklahoma was pretty good last year. They had a decent quarterback right. running the show. You know, it's a whole lot different when you're talking transfers coming in and their first starts. Well, that's uh, what Justin Fields is going to be. Exactly. That's, you know, it's not, I don't know. I, something just tells me Kiffin here. I, I think we're going to see some tricks. They got, you know, Charlie Weiss Jr. is the OC here. He's young. He's like 24, 25 years old. I was going to say he's so like a child. Is, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a kid. I mean, forget the family history here, but he's a kid who's like just grown up on the video games. And that is what we see with these offenses. So, you know, you see a lot of these, like McVay in the NFL, a lot of these 
uh, Klingsbury getting a job. A lot of these young guys are console kids, basically. You know, right. so even though I will say know. some of the younger guys now have been falling up uh, for some reason or another. Cliff Kingsbury got hired in the NFL despite yeah. being fired uh, in college football. Lane Kiffin's similar in that regard. He's been fired from a lot of jobs, but somehow he's still a hot name. Uh, and his offense well, actually has been Because he's good. only 39. He's been coaching for 20 years. I mean. Right. Well, <laughs> obviously, he's been in the his family name carries a lot of weight. Monty Kiffin was a big deal. Monty back in the day, yeah. Tampa too. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got an inside track. Uh, but final thoughts on this one. I'm going to take the points, believe it or not. I'll take the 24 here. I, I think it's going to be a little closer game. And the, t- the total at 62, uh, that's probably going to go over. I think we'll probably see one of these 40-24 type affairs like that. So I think Ohio State's definitely going to get their points. They're going to give up some points. And we know the Owls here, they're going to give up some points for Atlantic for sure. So over for the top of the card here, and then we'll go take the 24 also. All right. So let's move on to Miami of Ohio at Iowa. Yes. Iowa's been one of the better teams in the Big Ten, uh, nine and four, five and four in their conference. Obviously, that's not the best record, but they're known as being a, a tough team and a tough place to play. Miami of Ohio, six and six, six and two in their conference last season. They lost to Marshall in their season opener last year, 35-28 at home. So not great history when it comes to openers. How do you see this one lining up? I see this one, and I really like the under here. Iowa, always tough team. We got a good head coach, a solid defensive line. And, again, you said they're always pretty good. These guys always turn out like nine, ten wins. Every once in a while they, they put that Rose Bowl run in and win 12 games. Uh, senior quarterback I like. Because on the flip side, Miami, Ohio, that's great. They were 16-6 and six run in, in MAC games. But you know what? They graduated a lot of guys. You got the quarterback situation. Who's ever getting a nod here? He's never thrown a pass in a college game. Good luck going to Iowa and winning with a guy right. who's never played. You mentioned this Iowa defense. They, they yeah. only allowed 24 points total in their first three games of last season, and that includes a 13-3 win over a tough Iowa State team. So I think defense is definitely a key for Iowa. Do you know what the total is right now? Uh, 49 is a total, and they're laying 21 and a half. I mean, I I can see it being in that 20. I can see this like being like a 31-14 kind of affair, maybe somewhere in those numbers, but I really like the under more than anything. I just think new quarterback, new running back, uh, two and 19 straight up with their head coach, Outside of conference games, I don't know. This obviously they don't take it seriously, or they're just getting trucked, one or the other. But in this case, I, you know, I mean, that's something. I, that's a huge red flag. I'm not thinking about backing that team. I don't care how many points I'm getting. Uh, the offense is going to be limited. You're playing against a good defensive team at home with a senior quarterback who's not going to make mistakes. Listen, they lost their tight ends to the draft. That's fine. But come on, they'll plug in some running back who's going to rush for 1,200 yards, 1,000 yards. This guy coaches players up from freshman year. By the time the juniors and seniors are good players, you know they're going to get the job done here. It's going to be a win just by how many. The the total, uh, excuse me, the the line twenty one and a half. I'm looking at right now. Uh, yeah, could they cover it? I'll be leaning that way. Yeah, for sure. But my strongest play in this game will be on the under forty nine. As you mentioned, their head coach has been there for twenty one seasons. Twenty one. Friends. 
that's a, that's a long time. So sometimes we factor uh, that into some of these season openers as new head coaches and people just learning the ropes and trying to get things uh, just ac accommodated, or I can't think of the word that I'm trying to think of, but get things going early in the season. This is not new to him. Uh, as you mentioned, no. he's got a returning quarterback, Nate Stanley, 52 touchdowns in the past two seasons. Uh, so there's some veteran leadership when it comes to their offense and a guy that makes pretty good decisions, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, so those numbers are pretty good against Miami of Ohio, which I bottom line, I just think when it comes to college football, the talent lever, level matters. Uh, in the MAC, it's not going to be the same as the Big Ten, especially at Iowa, who's been recruiting pretty well as of late. And they've been playing these big dog teams like Ohio State and Michigan State, Michigan, and they've been playing them pretty close. So I just think when it comes down to a talent standpoint, obviously we're not looking at an upset here, but I think Iowa can score quite a few on this Miami of Ohio team. Yeah. I, the, it's what is Miami, Ohio scoring, which I don't think is much. If you're giving me something like a couple years ago, Northern Illinois was a great MAC team going 11-0 in conference play, I think six or seven straight championship games. There you got a live dog. That team's pretty good. It dominates a smaller conference. I understand. I don't want to get behind that. I'm not getting behind a 500 MAC team on the road with new quarterbacks or running back and skill position players. That's not a recipe for success against a Big Ten program that, like I said, they're in and out games every week are your Penn States, Nebraska's, Michigan, Michigan States, and on and on and on. You're not playing Eastern Michigan or Western Michigan, these smaller schools all the time. Right. Give so me, you are taking uh, Iowa no. or the, the under? And you go, yeah, under and definitely leaning towards the Iowa to cover this number. I mean, three touchdowns is a lot. I just can't see Miami, uh, Ohio scoring. I just can't see more than like 14 points from them at all. Right. Iowa, as we mentioned, has a great defense, and they also have uh, one of the best pass rushers in the Big Ten, possibly yeah. even the best AJ, in A.J. Epineza. Epineza. Yeah, Am I awesome. saying that right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. So he, he could wreak a little havoc on some guy who's never faced pressure like that before. Right. You Gus know. Ragland, their quarterback, is probably having nightmares about him yeah, as that's, we speak. <laughs> I was looking because I was writing down because at the time they were like, ah, who knows who's going to get the call here, this and that. I mean, it, to me, it doesn't make a difference who's the quarterback because they're in trouble, Miami, Ohio here. I mean, it could be a, a 42 to 3 game. You know, right. And it's at Iowa. Yeah. Come on. They, 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 everybody's going to show up there. They'll have their huge crowd behind them. Miami Ohio is going to come in. They're going to get their payday, take their whooping, and go home. All right. There you have it. Those are our college football picks. Uh, we're we taking it. Iowa to cover. And you also like the under in that one. Under. Yeah. And Florida Atlantic and Ohio State. We like the over in that one, did you say? Over and the dog. And, and FAU? Yes, we'll take the 24 there. We'll, we'll go out on a limb there with Lane. Crazy Lane Kiffin. Crazy Lane Kiffin. All right. That's what I call we, <laughs> We'll end it there uh, with our college football opening weekend picks. Uh, we're back after the break recapping all of our picks from the day on Picks and Parlays Radio.
And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. It's just my name. And if you want to follow along on Facebook, we are there. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. And we also stream this show live every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, if you want to follow along that way, leave some comments, you know, a little feedback, something to talk about. All right. If you weren't paying attention or if you're just now joining us, you are in luck because I'm about to go over all of the picks from today. So if you want to pay attention now, lock it in. Starting with NFL preseason week three, Craig Trapp gave us some picks. The Giants at the Bengals. He's taking the Giants at plus three. Packers Raiders, he's taking the Raiders, plus three. John Gruden has been especially good in the preseason, five and one in his last six. College football week one with Sean Higgs, FAU at Ohio State. He's taking FAU, plus 24. He doesn't think Ohio State is going to win by that much. Miami of Ohio at Iowa, he likes the under in that one. Uh, under 49 points is the play. Iowa has had... Uh, a really good defense, 24 points total allowed in three games to start the season last year. A really stingy defense, especially at home. And moving on to MLB Daily Picks with Chip Cherimis. Cleveland minus 143 at the Mets. He's taking the Indians in that one. Milwaukee at St. Louis. The Brewers are minus 110, and he's taking the Brew Crew. New York Yankees. At Oakland, the Yankees are minus 135, but he's taking the A's in that one. And a little bonus, NFL preseason, Washington and Atlanta, he's taking Washington in that one. We're back tomorrow afternoon, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, on Picks and Parlays Radio. See you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.